start recording. Boom, that's recording. Okay, so we're live. I've got the recordings going on. Awesome. Now the last one I'm doing is hopping in on Instagram. And we're good. Boom, we're going live there. I love this shit. This is awesome. I'm literally like, this is actually fucking dope. I like the fact now that I literally can like do this from multiple fucking platforms at once. Like, this is interesting. Like, I'm on four different fucking platforms. I'm, I got a podcast episode fucking recording. I've got Facebook going fucking live. And I've got shit going on Instagram as well as streaming on YouTube. This is nice. This feels really solid. We get some really fucking solid um, activity going in here, which is amazing. So, yo, what's up? What's up? Um, I want to go ahead and make this and kind of keep this very short, concise, and to the point. You guys saw specifically where I said that the thing that I was going to go ahead and do. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. What's good? Morning, motherfuckers. Good morning. What's good? So, um, like I said, I always ask you guys specifically for like the things that you want to hear about from me, the things that I can talk about to really make, um, you know, your your gaming and your networking and your social circle building a lot better for you. I like to go ahead and make uh, to to kind of preach it like this. Um, for those of you guys who do not know who I am, like my background um, is specifically that I've spent like 14 years studying social psychology. You know, and I've trained with a lot of different people to just really learn how to be able to use this stuff. And because of that reason, um, I can't go into a room and look at the room the same way that everyone else does. I look at it and I break it down into demographics and people, archetypes, personality types, and how do you uh, manipulate that room to effectively be able to network to build the type of ideal lifestyle that you want that you can kind of like take control of your own network. You can take control of your public brand or your perception. You can take control over the way people see you and get a very specific, tangible outcome, right? Because human beings are very, very susceptible to influence, especially when you put them in controlled environments where there are social controls in place. That being said, I've been teaching that for a very long time. And it's one of the things that's my primary core fucking passion of doing. Um, and I like working with people to be able to give them those same skill sets because I don't believe there's such a thing as a natural, right? You know, there's some people that tend to be like, you either got it or you don't. And it's like, no, well, maybe you can learn it. If you really put in the hustle, you put in the discipline and you have the right mentor to be able to coach you and guide you through it to be able to get the results that they specifically can get. Right. So with that being said, um, we were just going to be talking about like gaming club staff. Uh, so someone happened to ask and they were like, you know, how do you go ahead and do that? Right. So there's a bunch of different questions and I was just happy to pick that one because I've answered a lot of the other questions specifically before the same way with other videos. So I want to make sure that with the questions that I specifically answer, they're going to be really uh, kind of like the questions that I haven't talked on really um, maybe at depth or at length or maybe I've just kind of given the basic general gist as opposed to really diving deep and leaving you with a specific strategic action plan that you can walk away from and get the results that you want. So when it comes to gaming, gaming club staff, like one of the things that we did last night, just from uh, a personal experience that was very close to home, went out with a student, we went out to Sapphire, the strip club. Um, we literally go there. And as we go there, like I was feeling a little bit nervous at the time. I wasn't really, I wasn't primed or in the state. And I was really stressed out because of the fact that when I literally was going out, um, I noticed that I wasn't in that great of a mood. And the reason I wasn't in that great of a mood was just simply because um, I was stressed about some shit. I got turned around on the fucking train four or five times and shit pissed me off. And I was like, I don't like New York. Like I like New York. Like I like like the women that are here. I like the way that the industry tr um, treats people, but I just don't like the way it's so confusing to get on the train here. Like you can get lost very easily. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Fuck it. I'm getting in a fucking Uber. Like I'm just, this is easier. What's up, man? What's going on? So um, with that being said, I, we get, to, I finally get to the strip club, get out the Uber. Um, 
and I go meet with my boy, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, uh, let, let's let's go ahead and go in. And he's like, it seems like you finally got here. I'm like, yeah, I got turned around like fucking five times. I was supposed to be there at 10. I got turned around so many times, it took me like an hour and a half just to get to the strip club. And the strip club literally was like only 20 minutes away. That goes to show you how frustrating this shit can be. So we get to the strip club, and as we go to go walk in, um, literally my boy, he goes and he shakes hands with the bouncer, and he's like, He's like, yo, what's up? It's so good to see you again. And you could tell by the way that the 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 security had looked at him that specifically they could uh, you could tell he they didn't know him, but like they have a situation of where it's omission or commission. They're in an industry which is the hospitality industry, and because in the hospitality industry you meet so many people, you don't have the actual luxury of saying that you don't know this person. Because what if that person that's saying what's up to you that um. What if they're a person that specifically, they uh, they make a lot of money? What if they're like a high-end buyer? What if they're a client that's paid you money? You don't have the luxury of being like, I don't fucking know you. Get the fuck out of here. Like the guy kind of wanted to be like, I don't really know you. But he said it slightly underneath his breath as opposed to just being like, yo, fuck off. And the reason for that was, was that the way that like that my boy did it, he literally like made sure he went in and he sold it. He literally walked in and acted with the body language like he fucking knew this person for an exceptionally long time, right? And what was interesting is that um, he actually was the guest list that we're on. So, like, we use a specific industry guest list name to go ahead and get on inside because why? If they drop that name and you just happen to look the part and you don't, like, act like you got your hand caught in the fucking cookie jar, they're going to bleed you. So by doing that, um, we easily get we easily get in. We walk in. We go directly to like the the person. They go, hey, "Who's list are you with?" And we say, "Oh, just this list or whatever." And we just sit and kind of t- chop it up and talk amongst each other. Why? Because here's the biggest thing: if you're gonna like say that you're a part of the industry, or you're gonna say like a name or whatever that you're on some guests that you're not really a part of, you need to make sure you really fucking sell that shit. Like that's the first thing. You need to not look like you don't belong. Just don't give this person a reason to tell you no. Does that make sense? Yes, this this was that sapphire. Correct. Um, make sure specifically that you don't give the person a reason to tell you no, because if you give them a reason to tell you no, and like you look like you're guilty and you look like you don't belong, they are going to, from a heuristics perspective, from that part of the brain that like um, that deals with like value and that pays attention to value, or from the part of their brain that the basal ganglia that deals with habits, they're going to treat you with negative compliance because you look guilty. You don't look like you should belong. You don't look like you're fucking comfortable. And like, this is what ends up happening a lot of the time. So we walk on in, we go to, and I, um, and it's my first time there. So the immediate thing I ask, I'm like, Hey man, what's going to be the area that we go hang out in that is uh, a relatively high value area that has a lot of, of, people walking by quickly in the area and uh where can like where can we sit and lock in at he says oh uh this is the area right here i said okay cool let's go there so we go and we go there and we go sit we go sit by the bar we make sure that we turn to go face the room and we make sure that we that we, we we sit down so as we specifically go to the area um one of the first we do is we go order a drink uh, one of my mentors taught me a long time ago, like sometimes when you're new to an environment, the best thing you can actually go do is sit at the bar. And people would be like, why are you gonna sit at the bar? There's no social proof there. Actually there is. Because everyone has to go there to order a drink. By going there to order a drink, you're literally able to talk to all these people that are coming to the bar to order a drink. You're literally able to build social proof with every single person that walks in by the bar just by doing like mere exposure and you don't have to fucking move. So it's an easy way to be able to build, to be lazy and to build pre-selection and social proof in an environment because everyone has a justified reason as to have to be there. Everybody naturally goes to like leverage the bar. Like this is where like you use like 
the like wall of cock or you use like the area that's like would be a negative thing to be a benefit to you. Like one of the way I used to hear this from one of my mentors is like, we should call it the cock fest to success. And you would use the pre uh, the social proof from all the guys that are coming to like stare at the bar to like be like, oh my God, you see your ass, see how hot her fucking tits are to like build social proof. So it looks like you've got more social alignments than you actually do. So what's cool about this is that while we're actually sitting there, um, we just start, we start paying close attention and start just eavesdropping on the conversations that are going on around us. And one of the things I tell them to do is I'm like, hey, make sure you don't look around the bar. Uh, don't 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 do what a lot of guys do, which is like the fucking the fucking bobblehead. What they do is like they're they're they him them and their wings don't have an, uh, enough rapport because they don't really hang out to where they have shit to talk about outside of just pickup or outside of just game um, or just like oh I'm gonna go like. Uh, like fuck this girl because that's how guys think so because of that what they end up doing is they start giving off telltale body language cues that specifically they are bored they are looking for an interaction and the friend that they are with is not that interesting so this is what we call like a type one glance it's a body language gesture specifically that shows hey i'm bored hey i'm looking for a conversation so because of that reason what i'm actually doing now is literally, I am making it look like my wing is not that dope. My friend actually is kind of shitty. And you see women, they don't really do this that much. What they will tend to do is they will like engage in very deep conversation with them and their friends because that's who they came there with. Like Effectively, you brought this person here. You were saying they're cool. Well, if they're not cool, then why the fuck are you aligned with this person? Right. If you're going to broker a friendship with the person, they have to be cool in order for you to want to hang out with them. If they're not, then like, why are you wasting your time with that person? So many people, they specifically will not do that. What they will literally do is they'll just sit there and like alienate their fucking friend and just like focus on the goal at hand. And that's actually antisocial. And it's quite strange and it's quite weird to do that. Does that make sense? But people do this a lot. They do this quite a lot. So that being said, um, so what we, what we do is we start eavesdropping um, and doing a lot of people watching. And, uh, we start, like we do shit, like we start fucking around with a lot of the strippers and shit. Like we're just having fun. Every time a stripper would walk up and like, we were thinking of just creative ways to like fuck with them just cause it was really funny. Like one girl, I immediately was just like, she walks up and I was like going, um, she was like, Oh, do you want to dance? And I literally like, I throw out like, no, habla, like, like, uh, no, habla inglés. And like, cause I just thought it was hella fucking funny. Cause I know that like, she's a stripper, like she's a higher gun. She has to give me compliance. Cause like she's an independent contractor and she's trying to sucker me into like making money. But by the very nature of her trying to sucker me in to make money, puts her in a position of lower status because then I can qualify her because she wants something that I have to offer. So I can literally like bait her with the value and like, just keep like pulling it back and creating a push pull dynamic, which caused them to invest. So it's super funny. So like one of the strippers walks in and like, here's the thing with strippers is really interesting. When, when, you're, when you're talking to strippers, you have to like separate like the stripper is like a salesman and she's like a real person. And because of that reason, you have to deal with like, there's a dominant personality, which is like the person that's trying to pimp and finesse you. And then you've got the sub personality, which is the real person that's underneath. So then you like need to like push past that like programming because you're dealing with like technically a schizophrenic person to get to the sub personality that's the real them because that dominant personality is just a social mask that they use 
to get what they want. It's a mask specifically so that way they can get away with antisocial behavior because it's the it's the dominant personality that does all that, but it's not really who they are. And like everyone has social masks. Like this whole idea of like people will be like, be like, I'm just myself, they're full of shit. Because we only show sides of ourselves based on the people that we are around and that we happen to feel comfortable around. So the friend of yours that makes you feel comfortable doing slutty antisocial behavior, you feel comfortable to show that side of you. The other person that makes you feel like it puts you in this religious box, you're going to show that side. The other person that shows you that you're loyal and like trustworthy, you're going to show that side. And you're going to like literally switch modalities Alert from reminders. every single person that you were talking Text to. Out. Does that make sense? So... Um, <coughs> So we're hanging out there or whatever, and we, you know we're, we're we're sitting there fucking with the strippers or whatever. And we start just focusing on building common eyes and building comfort, because at that point, like, they um, I don't need to really be like building attraction. I need to be building attraction if they happen to get bored, and then by breaking rapport, like really, really fucking aggressively. That that that's what needs to go on. So we're having fun. We're fucking around. Uh, this dude walks up, who's one of the VIP hosts, and the reason I know he's one of the VIP hosts is because he's got the walkie-talkie in his ear. It's like dangling from his ear. Second, um, he's dressed really, really sharp, and the person that he walks in with, he walks in with this person and he's like, it was two things that he had that I noticed. He had like aggressive social proof. Like, so like most of the, 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 the strippers were like trying to like talk to him and that they were like, oh, are you going to drink with us? And I instantly knew, oh, this is a high status dude just because of the compliance he was being given by the girls. So by the way they were treating him, it showed me specifically who exactly he was in terms of the hierarchy of power. So I immediately open up my notepad and I start like taking down notes on exactly who he is. And because I know I'm going to like make a mental note to like broker a friendship with that person because he's got the social proof around him to let me know that the thing I should be doing is brokering a connection with him. So he's got his client. That client specifically goes and they're like, um, hey, man, um, they're like, uh, uh, he's like, you know, oh, a drink's on me, like a drink's on me. And like he was just giving this guy a little too much compliance like this dude had spent a lot of money with him because he was like pampering him and i can tell i'm like okay this dude is somebody this vip host because of the way he's fucking treating him which means this guy's on his don't fuck up list he doesn't like he, this is a high paying client he's not gonna fuck this up so um i make a mental note of that the guy happened to be sitting next to me or whatever i write down the notepad and then um what ends up happening is like when we end up uh uh, when we end up like leaving the uh, the strip club, one of the things that we do is I'm like, hey man, I just want to say um, thank you so much for the hospitality. I just want to say like I really I really appreciate you. I really appreciate um, the, you know the hard work you put into this. And like that's my like people ask me like what's your opening line to like network with like bar staff, bro. My networking line is like, yo, it's so good to see you again. That's the line. Because I want you to think about what does that line imply, right? Like, pretty sure anyone that's in the industry in any type of like hospitality, like you know, one of my like the, my boy to just like legit tuning right there, dude runs a security company. He already fucking knows that like by being security, you meet so many people, and the people that you meet, you don't know who you know or don't know. So you're gonna be nice to me just because you don't have the luxury of like pissing me off. Because what if I was someone that paid you money to work for me? Or what if I was, what if you like, I said hi to you and like I hired you at another bar and you didn't realize I was one of the investors in that bar. You're going to be polite to me, right? Because effectively that could cost you a fucking job by being a dick, right? So it's, hi, it's so good to see you again. Because that, that line basically implies 
that I have met you before and that I know who you are. And the more that I'm like, I can be like, yo, you're the fuck, you're that fucking guy. And I can just start making up literally stories. I'll never forget where I learned this from. There was this show, I think it was called like uh, Lie to Me. It wasn't Lie to Me. It was like this like, like psychological hacks game. And like they'd have this woman, this woman, she'd walk up to the guy. And as she'd walk up to the guy, the thing that she would do is she would act like she knew them. And then she would start throwing out like random bits of information that were just generalities. And the person would start to fill in the gaps like they actually knew them just because of how convincing the person was with their body language or tonality and how persistent they were about the fact that they knew them. And the person really believed, they believed to such a degree that they actually gave the person the phone number. And it told me that if I can justify enough in this person's mind that I know them, I can make them believe I really do know them even though I don't. And the reason I know this is because one of the things I will get a lot is people from the outside perspective that meet me will say, oh my God, like you guys must have known each other forever. And I will always say, yeah, all real niggas know each other. Like, like all real niggas know each other. Like we go back. And by saying that jokingly, and, and crass and as a matter of fact manner, people always reverse engineer that I must know these people because I don't give off body language that I don't know these people. I don't give off body language to the contrary to say I don't know this person. So how, what's the body language that I actually do that makes me be perceived in this light that I know this person? Well, when you, shake, when you, when you first enter, meet somebody, one of the things that we do is that we shake hands. Well, when you don't know somebody, the thing you're going to do is you're going to shake hands like this, right? You're going to shake hands this way. You're going to look the person in the face. You're going to shake hands just like this. And this basically means, hi, this is our, this is, this, this is my, my, um, I'm just meeting you for the first time. Hi, this is my first time meeting you. Every time I give that gesture, it is clear to everybody else in the room, what? That I don't know you, but the body language of someone who does know you is this. Yo! Nigga, what the fuck is good? Because when you see your homies that you haven't seen in a while, the first thing that you do is you get really fucking excited, you get really fucking loud, and you cause a fucking scene. Because if you've ever seen girls inside of a nightclub and they see a friend of theirs, they literally get super fucking loud. And they're like, oh my God, girl, like I haven't seen you in forever. And they get like hella excited. It's the same thing with dudes. Even though we make fun of girls for doing this shit, we act just like girls do when we see somebody that we know. So you take the same big adopting body language. Then when you shake hands, you shake hands like this. You're like, uh, so you're like, yo, G was good. So you do the, you do the, the, the half, the, the, like the handshake with like the half bro hug. Yo, my G it's so good to see you again. Yo, was good. It's been a minute. The weather looks good. Whatever. Like it doesn't even matter what the fuck you say at all. As long as you're just like, yo, was good. It's so good to see you again. Yo, what's up? It's been a minute. Those are all lines that imply that I know you. And by doing that and by doing this fucking gesture like this, you're going to feel like the pressure to be able to commit. Now, here's what's funny. If the person, like, hypothetically, right, they're going to be like, but Jay, what if that doesn't even work? Oh, my God. What if they happen to be like, I don't fucking know you? Dude, it's fine. Just pretend like you do and act like they're the weird ones. Like, you just can't compute how the fuck they're going to forget you. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, nigga, seriously? Seriously. Like, you got that drunk? God fucking Like, literally. Dude, because you're inside of a fucking bar, everyone's fucking drinking. Straight up. You can literally, like... Fuck with them. And then if they're like, oh, I but like I don't drink, and you're just like, wait, seriously? 
And you're like, oh shit, I just realized like, dude, like I like my bad homie, like you're not out. And like you act like you just like you you like you you that by you acting like you know them and assuming familiarity, it's facing the door technique. You're like asking for aggressive compliance up front, and the person's like this, I don't know you. And because they don't know you, what they're literally doing is they're going, because I don't fucking know you, like they're like, they're trying to push you back. And because they're trying to push you back because you're asking for too much compliance, bro, it's fine. You're just like going for a little less compliance, going for a little less compliance, going for a little less compliance. And then what happens is what? You just go, oh, fuck. I'm like, I thought you were somebody else, man. Like my bad, homie. Like, and because at worst, you've created a whole scene where you know the person. Guess what? You've just triggered mere exposure. If you see the person again, now they do know you. They can't be rude to you. No. Oh, my God. But what if that doesn't work? Okay, great. You want to make it work? Just say hi to three or four other people before talking to that person. By having social proof, people are going to assume that you know them, specifically just because when we come into an unknown um, environment where we are unsure of what the correct social behavior is, we look around to others to dictate how we should behave. So... We see a red light. We learn to stop because everyone else is stopping at that red light, right? We go to a river and there's a, a huge party that's going on. We now feel comfortable on going on that dangerous ice that we could technically like fall and drown. Um, we uh, uh, There's a pretty girl. She thinks you're a bit of a weirdo because you're by yourself. Then she sees you that you have five or six female friends. Guess what she does now? She treats you like you're fucking somebody because she sees the social proof and the pre-selection of other people giving you the cosign. Therefore, now she trusts you, right? Like I had a dude um, that I ran into one of my homies last night and his boy um, didn't recognize me and was being super aggressive and just hostile. And I just kept acting like, I kept acting like like ignorant to the fact that like, he, I, I acted ignorant to the fact that he was being super aggressive and negative. I actually could see he was being negative, but because I was in such a good mood, it didn't bother me. I was just like, I'm like, nigga, you don't recognize me. And I, and literally, I actually didn't know this dude because he, um, the, the guy that was there was one of my old table clients who used to pop bottles with me in LA. So I knew him and his boy because they both booked tables and they both came out with me all the time. We used to throw parties at their house. And like this dude's like a really solid like tech entrepreneur who's from NYC. So I when I ran into him at the strip club, I literally was like, I'm like, is that my nigga? Like I'm like, Bible study. Say what's good, and I fucking like go out and I go like um, go see him or whatever. And he's like, yo, like you just hear him? But he's like, it's just you. I'm like, no, it's just me and one of my boys or whatever. And uh, he's in town for a bit, so I'm like, oh, I reconnected with him and shit. But his boy was acting hella negative, and then because they was like, yo, like nigga, like this is Jeff. I'm like, yo, I'm like, isn't that your boy to like book to you at Doheny? He's like, no, he didn't mean like, no, seriously. Like, I'm like, bro, he booked with you. Like, I met you with him. And he was like, yeah, he was with me in fucking Doheny room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like his boys acting hostile, like, nigga, we gotta go. Like, what the fuck? And he was just like, um, Sam was like, no, like, nigga, this is my nigga. Like, like, he's hella cool. Like, come meet him or whatever. And like, you could tell he wanted to be a dick, but like he felt the social pressure, like he had to be polite because say is his boy and say has status in his mind, and because of that reason. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't have the risk of being a dick because he doesn't know who the fuck I am in the hierarchy of the friendship. He has to be polite, even though he may not want to. Does that make sense? You guys see the power of like social pressure? Like when the more social proof you have, the more social pressure it creates on the person to comply. They want to not comply, but because they see everybody else complying, they're that one fucking person that literally is going to be the one that's like, I'm not going to fucking comply. And the problem is the more people that you can get to add 
that social proof to you, the more social pressure starts to build and build and build. Like, if you've ever been in a situation where you've been berated by females because you said something stupid or you said something wrong, what you'll literally notice is that, like, when the girls are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just fucking said that, and they all band together, you start to feel the pressure to comply, and it wells in your chest. Like, you feel the anxiety right here. And when you feel it, you literally start feeling like you want to start getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And why? Because now you're getting a cortisol, which is the fear response. And because you haven't learned to be desensitized to social pressure, you're caving to it and just going, I want this this feeling to go away. So I'm just going to like comply by chasing investment and by chasing um, compliance because I don't want to be socially ostracized. Like cortisol is meant to make you run away from that which can kill you or cause you pain. So you getting negative social feedback is going to trigger cortisol because why? That would directly correlate to you in the past dying or being ostracized from the tribe. So that's one of the easiest ways of you being able to leverage social proof to be able to garner compliance. Um, and I'll give you an example. So like one of the, um, I, there's a, there's one of my mentors used to have this drill. He used to make the instructors do. And the drill was, was, um, he's like, uh, go to like, go to those, go to those, go to those, go to those, uh, go to those bitchy girls and give them, and give them a high five. The instructor walks over and he's like, um, he's like, damn high five. And the girl's like, fuck off. So he goes back and he's like, um, he's like, you know, Adam, um, I, I, I can't get the compliance. Like, uh, she just won't give me a high five. And he's like, go back and go get a high five, dude. And he's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, go, go back and get a high five. So the, the instructor goes back to go get the high five. And he's like, um, hey, like, hey, what's up? High five. And the girl's like, I said, fuck off. So he goes back at me. He's like, dude, I, I can't get the fucking high five. Like, she just ain't fucking complying, dude. And he's like, bro, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't give a fuck if it takes you a fucking week. Like, you go get a fucking high five or you don't come back. He says, Adam, are you serious? He goes, I'm dead fucking serious. He goes, you said you want to be one of my instructors. And I, only, and, like, and, the, and I only allow the best to work for me. So if you're going to be the best, you need to go be like a fucking instructor. I don't give a fuck how long it takes you. Go get a fucking high five and literally don't come back until you fucking do. And at that moment, he starts to think about how to make it work to get the high five. So he goes in. And he goes to the girl, he see, uh, what he happens to see is one of the girls dancing. He's like, damn, girl, you got some fucking crazy moves. She's like, yeah, I do. High five. Justify it. Remember Stanley Milgram, 1945, or not, sorry, 1985, New York City subway test. Give somebody a reason if you want them to comply. Hey, do you mind if I had that seat? I just got a nose. Or I've got a bad knee to sit down and start to bother me right now. Okay, give them a reason. They just need that little justification to comply. The next girl, he's like, damn, girl, you're hella cool too because you got like a great friendly smile. High five. And she's like, right? The next one's like, oh my God, dude, you're fucking amazing and you have to be friends with them. High five, boom. Okay. The last girl, the one that was being a bitch, he's like, then he goes, and, he's, and then they're all like, they're, so he got high five, high five, high five, social proof. The last one, he goes, high five. And then like, the girl literally goes, eh, eh, eh. he got the high five because he had social proof the cosign or and the mere pleasure from three other girls giving the high five he was able to get the high five on the fourth one because the social pressure of everyone else complying with him 
That's the power of social proof. Because it works when all else contrary to you believing that it shouldn't work. So whenever you need to get somebody to comply, give them a justified reason for why they need to comply. Hey, do you want to dance? I've got two feet. I don't give a fuck what it is. Even if the justifier isn't fully believable. Hey, do you mind? Hey, do you dance? Hey, you got some, hey girl, I see you got some really crazy moves. Oh my God, yeah, I do. You like you can dance. I bet you can dance. Of course I can. Okay, cool. Let's go to the dance floor. She just complied and she can dance. You gave her a justified reason. She's more likely to do it. Now, the more believable that it is, the more likely it's going to hit, it's going to work. But even if it's not believable, your chances of getting it to of complying just increase because you're giving them a reason. People need to have a reason for anything that they fucking do. Always. So that's the simple way of being able to use this. My stripper story was pretty thick compared to the people that were asking, like, what was the stripper story? That's the story. Somebody was asking this. This was specifically just about how to be able to network inside of like the, the those industries. Right. So I said that when you meet people, you act like you fucking know them. Hey, it's so good to see you again. Hey, I really like, you know, when I leave the venue, hey, I appreciate the hospitality. Thank you so much for the hospitality. I really appreciate the service. You guys treat me the same where, where, to any one of your locations that I go to. By you acting like you know them. By saying, thank you for the hospitality. Thank you for your generous service. Thank you for taking care of me the same way you do in L.A. Guess what? Because any big franchise company has multiple franchises. And if you're a GM, the thing that they're going to fucking do is specifically they're going to have to treat you with a certain standard because if they don't, it fucks up their brand. And then you can go on Reddit or you can go on Yelp or you can go on Google review and start talking shit about them about like, they're such a fucking dick and they're such a prick. And then they have to deal with all that negative press. So we got a bunch of questions that popped in here. So I'm going to start at the top and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go down. I'm going to answer each one of these questions that you guys specifically um, start to ask about. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So let's pop in. Bop, 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 bop. 